Exactly. So let's do that. All right. Three, two, one. Hi, welcome to the Be Here podcast, where we talk about how we can live more mindfully by living more musically. My name is Brian Royce, and this is where I share my journey with music and mindfulness. Thanks for tuning in to another very special episode. And I'm quite, um, it's going to be a different one because as you can see, we got a video rolling. We're actually out at a nice little like jerk center in Kingston, um, eating some jerk pork and like fries and it's on its way. Um, and I'm here with a very special guest. He's a really good friend of mine. We have Samir, Samir Mirage on this episode. What's up, Samir? Hi, guys. Nice to, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me, Brian. Yo, Samir is a multi-business um, owner, fitness enthusiast, model. Um, what does he do? Tell us about A yourself. lot of stuff. Who so, are you, Samir? Boy, it's, it's, it's tough to list, honestly. The list gets longer every day. <laughs> you just I, love taking on things, don't you? No, I just love doing new things. So, first thing is uh, I have a two or three businesses that I run. Uh, next is very fitness. So, you know, I train six days a week, seven days now, actually. Oh, my God. Twice a day, some days. Aspiring uh, model, I guess. That's a, that's a thing that's happened somehow. Yeah. Samir's killing it. He's one of those people who is very much in line with what we're talking about today. Is always just on. You're always just going. No, that I have to be. It's like if I'm not on, I'm just gonna drown. Yeah, you're right. We're gonna we're gonna get into that in just a couple seconds. But oh, also, as is tradition. That, 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 oh yeah, that's right. A pretty big thing. I keep forgetting about <laughs> Let's that. Let's mention this degree that I've accomplished. Yeah, <laughs> I'm dead. Um, as is tradition, you know this on the podcast. We start every episode by just taking two deep breaths just to set the scene. Um, right now we're in a public space like we said so you're gonna hear like trucks the crickets the parrots the people talking and the music but just like embrace sound so for this exercise as we've done this in the past as you take two deep breaths just see if you can mentally notice like as many sounds around you as possible and then just inhale exhale two deep breaths and then let's go all right let's go for it glad that you've chosen to be here thanks for being here guys i appreciate all of you for tuning in i appreciate you for doing this too somewhere no, stretching man. yourself outside of your comfort zone here a little bit no, this is gonna be fun i love brian, brian and i always have the most fun conversations so we usually argue a lot too so it we should do. be good for everybody else the reason that i accepted the well, way gave me this great pitch for the podcast and i was like you know what i think this would make a great episode because as much as I love to get people who like confirm my beliefs and opinions on this because I think that like what we're talking about is great I feel like it's important to have like a, a counter opinion every now and again like we have somebody who thinks differently and like your the your vibe right now is just different from my vibe yo um, Samir is one of those high productivity high performance people and I want to hear what that's like for you so let's jump into the topic for today which is what does it feel like to be constantly on or like how does how do you incorporate a sense of like mindfulness when you are always on the go that's the question i want us to like unpack and um i think this is going to be interesting in the context of the season that i'm talking about right now we're on season two of the podcast and we've been talking about rhythm uh from a musical and mindful perspective and one of the ways that rhythm shows up in, in this metaphor that I've been using is like it's the motion of your everyday life. It's the pace at which the song moves. It's the pace at which you control your life and organize 
not only the sounds in a song, but let's say the activities in your daily routine. And uh, maybe your, maybe it's not even daily routine, but like weekly, monthly, yearly, like rhythms, like the things that you go through. So in the, in the context of, uh, let's talk about this from like peak performance. Um, I wanna know, first of all, actually I wanna know before we get into the peak performance thing, um, what does mindfulness mean to you? Because I know you, you and I had a conversation about mindfulness before, and you're like, yo, I don't know about this mindfulness thing. So like, what's your take on that? Okay, so mindfulness to me is simply just being able to be present in any given situation, and to be able to focus either 100% or to be completely off, honestly. So you're either 100% focused on one thing, yeah, or you're completely, completely off. All right, so how does that actually play out in your life? How does mindfulness play out in my yeah, life? Yeah, are okay. you like, because you're constantly on. So at what point do you like recharge? Okay, so basically I have set periods in the day where I recharge. One thing I've actually started doing recently is I take a nap in the day. Because uh, this has only happened recently because I started training twice a day. So yeah. in the morning, I'll go and do weight training for about two, three hours. And then in the evening, I'll box. So in the middle of the day, I take like a half an hour, 45 minute nap just to kind of recharge. That's essential. Yeah, it's just that my body can't take the stress away from it. Yeah, it doesn't. The recovery is not there. So, yeah. but with the nap, I noticed that I'm I'm able to, to push a lot harder. It's like crazy. Ever since I started doing it, I've yeah. only been doing it for the past two, maybe three weeks, and that one little thing just yeah. Right there. So you're you're saying that you you go through these phases where it's like high performance, high activity, like let's say like loud volume, low intensity yeah. music, and then all of a sudden just like you just go yeah. up. Yeah. Also, I want to stick up into the boxing thing because I think that's cool. Um, I've never done boxing, but that's like a very rhythmic like activity as well, right? Does that how how do you? Okay, so this is actually very interesting. It fits very well with the theme of this podcast. Is that I have no rhythm whatsoever. <laughs> I cannot dance. Kind of dance. I believe you. You know, it's it's very difficult for me. You know, whenever there's music, but uh, I I do really enjoy music. So one of the things that I do is when I box, there's always a, a lot of music playing. At my gym, there's a lot of music, very yeah. loud music playing. And so what I'll do is I'll try and mimic the rhythm of the song instead yeah. of mim- mimicking my own rhythm or trying to create a rhythm for myself. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And funnily enough, the, my boxing style is actually kind of just like always on or always off. What do you mean? It's the way I, the way I fight. It's called it's, it's called a pressure fighter, a long distance pressure fighter. Okay. So basically, step in, throw as many shots as you can, step out. All right. And then, Which yeah. is exactly what you set up before, but yeah. like you know, you show up, you go hundred percent, and then you just back yeah. off. Yeah. So by making the rhythm of the song, I'm actually able to have better footwork. My breathing is better because I'm breathing with the song rather than just panting like I'm dying. Yeah. Cool. You know, like I'm out of, out of breath, which I am. Which you are. But uh, <laughs> to be clear, you know, when you control your breathing, you get a lot. You're able to get a lot more out of your body. Yeah. Essentially. And uh, rhythm, uh, having rhythm is extremely important in boxing. Yeah. Because if you don't, you're gonna get tired very quickly, or more more than so, the your opponent's just gonna time you and just hit you in the yeah. face and, and that's predict it. you. You can't. You, you're not gonna be able to throw a punch or able to dodge a punch because your opponent can just predict every movement because you don't you're you don't have a flow to your movements. Yeah. You're just like. You throw one thing, or you throw two things. You know, you step one way, you step another way. It's very easy to see through that. Whereas when you have, when you're in a sort of flow state, yeah, mm-hmm, and you have a rhythm, it's very difficult to predict you. Yeah, I'm, it's really cool you brought up that idea of the flow state because that's also something that has showed, shown up on this season. Um, I want to talk about that idea of peak performance while keeping that flow state idea in mind because what I found for my own sake, having read about how flow states appear in like music, musical practice. Um, 
and the, the parallels there between that and like peak performance in other areas. Um, flow state is particularly interesting because the research says that flow state and a mindfulness state cannot coexist at the same time. So they're like a flow state, like you're saying, is one where you're so connected to the moment, you're like going, you're not really thinking too much about what's going on. Your mind is sort of almost on pause and you're, it's almost like an unconscious response where you are doing something you're good at, but it's still slightly challenging where you have to be focused. And the, the articles that I read were sort of saying that like mindfulness is the opposite of that, where you are in, in a state of mindfulness, you are in connected to the present moment which is antithetical to this idea of like like flowing let's imagine like a river flowing downstream if you're like on a float then you'll be in the flow state but if you were to like plant your foot down and stand up in the river and just observe what's around you then that would be a state of mindfulness and apparently the two are they can't coexist at the same time but one of the things i found interesting was thinking of mindfulness as a gateway into the flow state and so um that to me kind of brings back to what you were saying which is you know you live in this state of flow where you're continually uh performing at a high standard and then do you ever you said you take a nap but do you ever pause and maybe like try mindfulness meditation practice have you ever tried okay, so that what was that like before i had actually adopted this sort of mindset where being always on i'd actually try being mindful like that was my i'd actually tried uh, mindfulness practicing that i do breathing exercises yeah i do meditation how was that for you <laughs> honestly okay comparing when i was starting out i was a very lazy person procrastinating you know doing all that stuff but uh, as i discovered mindfulness and meditation it helped me kind of get out of that because i was able to focus on like, one task at a time yeah and I, I once i got the hang of that i was able to just stack the tasks together so i wasn't stopping there okay. wasn't there didn't need to be a break in between anymore and then one th problem I always had with meditation was that I couldn't get past more than 15, maybe 20 minutes mm -hmm. of meditation because my mind was just being pulled in so many, in so many different places. Yeah. Even if I had my phone off or I was in a completely silent room, my mind alone mind was just going everywhere. And I'd be thinking of such amazing ideas and some crazy fears and everything just at the same time. I, I couldn't even um, even simply just to focus on the moment was extremely difficult for me. Yeah. And eventually I just said, look. I know what I need to do. I know when I have a task in front of me, I can focus 100%. Yeah. Maybe I need to find a, a different way to get in this sort of meditation. Yeah. This sort of meditative exercise. And one thing I found is that when I'm doing a task, when I have a lot of stress on my head, and I know it's a high pressure situation, that is when I typically feel the most calm. I get you. Whereas someone who, in your camp, when they're meditating, that's when they might feel the most calm. Sure. But I feel a lot calmer when in a high pressure situation, like a fight, like in a, uh, when you need to make a sale, like uh, when you're... When the adrenaline is pumping. When your adrenaline is pumping. When they, when it's a do or die kind of situation. Gotcha. So you love that fight or fight response. Yeah. <laughs> I think I might just be an adrenaline junkie Maybe. or something like that. You ever gone bungee jumping? You should try it if you like adrenaline. It's great. It's interesting what you said because what you're talking about is... Um, you said you had this, you tried this idea of mindfulness meditation and you, you struggled to get past 15, 20 minutes because your mind was racing. I think that's really insightful because that is where the practice begins. For me, my, my experience has been very much, very much similar to that where I, you know, I'm, I'm just by myself with my thoughts and my mind is always on. I'm like, this thing cannot turn off. Like, can you just quit for a sec, right? And I couldn't. But that's, for me, where the actual discipline of, all right, well, 
notice the actual what what was that actual thought that just pulled me away um mindfulness allowed me to get into the habit of noticing what that thought was where did my mind go mm-hmm. and then to refocus or reconnect to like the feeling of like the next in breath and out breath to just like let that thought go do its thing and then bring my mind back to one thing at a, at a moment at, at a time and that's what has helped me over the course of many months and years now mm-hmm. to i think be a bit sharper when i'm actually needing to focus on something my mind will get pulled away while i'm trying to focus on this paper or this um this project and i'll notice that it's gone and then i'll be like all right take a deep breath and come back to this and that helps me to get into a, a state of rhythmic flow to actually power through this exercise more efficiently instead of being pulled in five different directions and not actually get this one thing done so to me that's how mindfulness has helped um and i, I want to say one more thing too not to ramble for too long but i find that a lot of people will, you will turn to mindfulness meditation um and sort of expect it to feel a certain way almost as though a, a means to an end to become more productive or something if i i if i'm misunderstanding what you're saying mm-hmm. correct me um but i find that like the actual process of meditation doesn't need to be a means to an end but can just be the end in itself because it's it's almost as though you're just observing what is here and just like being here and just being okay with the fact that I'm not productive right now I'm just existing <laughs> Does it how do you feel okay, on so those that, moments that, that, where you that just whole exist? Idea is just kinda disturbing to me. Yeah, tell me tell me why that's disturbing so, to you. The reason I started meditation, the whole reason is because I was really lazy, I was always, you know, unfocused, I found it difficult to either to do school tasks or to work on my business, or to sit down and do very hard tasks. It's very easy to do very easy things, like you know, send an email, write a text. Yeah. Even to send an email is kinda of difficult nowadays because yeah, yeah. it's just everybody's on TikTok seven seconds, you know. Yeah. It's hard to focus. And I and meditating is what initially helped me with that. Yeah. But that's because I saw meditating as the task. Okay. So it was, so and when I was able to take that discipline that I learned from meditating for 15, 20 minutes, focus on a task, and then I transferred that to focusing on my business so I could do something difficult for my business, like create a, a social media post, like write up a, an email to a supplier or could be anything something hard that you know that, that hurts your brain to do you're it's transferring not, the skills you got from yeah. meditation practice to other things that's great yeah. yeah so i'm not i'm not i'm not purporting that meditation is bad by any means <laughs> but i'm saying that for me it was simply a means to it. i guess other people feel this way because other people might feel this way because really and truly in my life there's just so much to do especially at this point there's so much going on all the time if i'm not doing something it just creates more stress so like I, feel, I don't feel as if I'm procrastinating, I just feel like as if the tasks are adding up. Like if I don't answer a text immediately, yeah. if it's an important text, if I don't answer it immediately, by the time I'm ready to go answer it, two more have come in. Yeah. So now I've just wasted time because right. I'm going to have to go through three texts that I've just Which won. adds to your stress. Yes, which adds to my stress. I understand. Um, what's it like when you go on vacation? <laughs> okay. How do you so, feel when you just completely lock off and okay, you're like, so, nothing? Typically, when I go on vacation or if I'm like going away, like, you know, to like uh, Airbnb or I'm going to another country, I've dedicated that time out already. Yeah. I've either set a, hit a certain milestone that I wanted to hit or I've achieved something that I wanted to achieve, so I know that I'm not behind in any way. Gotcha. I also put, take measures and put measures in place to know that, okay, if this needs to get done, there's either somebody else who can do it or I've automated so the you, task. So you can lock off. So I don't have to worry about it. And how does that feel? If in it, the moment? In the moment, I'll tell you, when I'm 
on vacation, it feels pretty good to be off. Yeah. Like, I remember going on vacation, bringing my work laptop. No. And I didn't open it. That's enough for For two me. days. Oh, yeah, good. For two days, I didn't open it. And I, I brought it specifically. I said, like, I know I'm going to need to do this. I know I'm going to need to do that. The thing is, my phone didn't go off because I had done those things before I had left. Very good. So I had actually added stress to my life before. <laughs> you front-loaded so it. So I front-loaded it and then... Got rid of it. Got rid of it, yeah. And then in that moment, mm-hmm. did you feel any more mindful of what was going on around you? Did it, did it feel like, okay, now I can finally take a deep breath and slow down mm-hmm. and observe like how the waves sound on the shore or like um, how does this food actually taste and was that a different experience when you were off than when you were on that's a very difficult answer to give because uh, when I'm on sometimes I don't feel very much when I'm on yeah it, it's very it's it's very rare like I look at a lot of things as work or tasks yeah like I look at eating as a task yeah like I'm okay I have to get through I have to eat now yeah especially because my lifestyle requires me to eat a certain way yeah it's not as if i'm just you know buying fast food usually i have to either get certain food like jerk chicken or um or i've like had to pre-prepare my meals so well that's what i'm saying yeah. is that i find for myself as well when i'm in this state of always on the whole day will pass um and i'll be like what even happened today like what where did my energy and attention go and then i'll get to a point where i look back on the week and the month and i'm just like sure i've accomplished all these things but like i feel like i didn't live that time and that was part of my motivation when i actually got to i was actually on vacation in barbados when i started this podcast because <laughs> i was i was literally just chilling on the beach and i was like this is so nice to be able to just be here in the moment and appreciate your life while you have it instead of continually just like barreling through and then waking up and being like what so that to me is is the motivation behind why mindfulness is central now to my routine because i don't want to get through the end of the day and feel like i didn't actually experience um the 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 emotions the sensations um the thoughts and feelings uh as deeply and as richly as i could have does that make sense do you relate to that at all in a sense i i do but you see, when I'm on, generally things, I do things with intensity. So, even though, even though I'm, like, you wouldn't, I'm not necessarily in the moment, I'm focused on a task, I can feel that task. I'm, I feel very accomplished when I get something done. And generally those tasks are very hard. So as soon as I, like, I get something done, I can feel a weight just come off of my shoulders. Yeah. And I can feel, I feel better. And then I'm like, okay, now I have this to do. You know what you strike me as? If you're to, if, okay, here's all X on Y graph and we're plotting like um intensity of activity over time yeah i feel like your graph okay we have to go left to right right your graph is very much like high intensity and then and then goes up again and then back down again but the the peaks probably kind of plateau a little bit and so you go up and hold it for a long time and then you know whereas i find for my sake it would be a lot more like maybe not as high Mm -hmm. And then take a small little blip and then go up again. So I probably I'm just like more squiggly than you. I think maybe if we averaged it out, it might actually be the same. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. But um, the reason I, I like this is because it doesn't give me the chance to sort of doubt myself. To doubt yeah. yourself. To doubt myself because when you have to make a lot of decisions, especially when um when I'm like when I'm negotiating with suppliers, or I'm trying to sell like a car or something something along those lines. It's like sometimes you have to make a decision and you can't question in that moment. You can't question whether or not you've made the right decision. You just have okay. to know 
that this is the decision I'm going to make. These are the reasons I'm making it. Yeah. And if it, even if it all goes wrong because I made the decision, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, I'll give an example. Uh, I was selling a car the other day, and somebody came in wanting to trade a uh, one of their cars plus give me a, a cash down payment. And I was completely against it because I didn't know how I was going to sell the car that they traded in. Because I didn't really, I didn't want the car. I was, the requests for sale, they were not for, right. for personal use at all. And I had to make a decision. Am I going to take this? Because it's the only deal I have for the car I currently have. I have no other buyers. Or am I going to sit and wait, waste more time, maybe spend more money on the car? What did you do? Person? I ended up taking the trade in. Okay. And funnily enough, after that, I got about six people asking me to buy the car that I traded. So maybe I made the wrong decision. Maybe I made the right decision. I'll never know. But what I did is I, I made the best decision at the time. I had to make a do or die decision. And at that moment, I didn't doubt myself. I said, look, I said, based on, based on what's going on right now, this is the best decision. This is how I'm going to move forward. And because I moved forward, and as soon as I got that car set, as soon as I got the car traded, I created an ad for it. I started putting ads in the paper, and then I had buyers for that car. So in that moment, when I started getting buyers for the car I'd already traded, I didn't feel as if I had made the wrong decision because I'd already moved on. You so live a fast-paced no, life. Yeah. I, there was no time to think about, to think, sit and think about, okay, um, you know, maybe I should have done this or maybe I should have done that. Yeah. I made my choice. I have to live with it. Here we go. So you keep pushing. You're, yeah. you're always like, mm-hmm. you know, you make a decision and keep moving along, yeah. which I respect that. I think I'm, I think personally I'm a bit more measured and more cautious and uh, would weigh my, I'd like think something through maybe too much sometimes. So there's definitely pros and cons on no, I was both just sides. like that. I, I'm, I'm the king of overthinking, which yeah. is kind of why I adopted this kind of style of like, of how I go through my day. Because really and truly, I think most, again, I'm just kind of quoting out of out of thin air right here, but I think most studies show that the more time you spend on a decision, it doesn't actually increase the chances of success. Up to a point, like after about an hour, maybe even like 12 hours or a day, there's no real point in thinking over something for longer. The diminishing that. returns of overthinking. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah. fact, I think they show that the longer you think about something, the more likely you are to get the wrong decision. Mm. Up to a point. So I think it's like, let's say the right decision is 50-50 as soon as you um, get, are offered the choice. If you think about it for an hour, you might get 60-40 odds or 55-45, something like that. And the longer you think about it, maybe they increase, maybe you think about it for a day, increases to 60, goes back, and then 60, 40, and then after two days, it's gone back down, 50, yeah, 50. that's the difference. And after three <laughs> days, it's gone back down. Now you're 60, 40 in the other direction. So Yeah, there's thinking and then there's overthinking. Yeah, I get you on that. So uh, the, the idea that I'm picking up from you is this idea of being constantly on the move. Um, you know, you, you think enough, but then you keep moving strategically. <laughs> Um, and then building in like a, a big period of rest, uh, let's say like once you've earned something big at the end. Um, do you feel? Do you ever feel burnt out? What does burnout look like for you, and how does that fit into this rhythm of like, let's call it, um, in, in in let's in the metaphor of a song, like let's let's call it like loudness and then silence, or in real life, let's say like peak performance and rest. Okay. Do you feel burnt out? I've- Honestly, I've never truly felt burnt out in the sense that I just couldn't stand what I was doing anymore. Because if something if something needs to be done and I absolutely hate it, I will force myself to do it. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes, honestly, sometimes I feel burnt out. I don't want to work out today, 
Or I'll be like, oh, I only want to do one workout today. Mm-hmm. Or I don't want to do cardio. Only do one workout today. I do, or I don't want to do cardio. Or I don't want to eat this food. You know, I want to sit in front of the TV and eat Cheetos. Yeah. Honestly. So you cut yourself some slack every now and again. No, no, no. no. I'm saying that I will force myself to do it. Because oh. I've done it for long enough to know that if I do the things that I don't need to do, if I choose to give in and say, okay, I'm going to skip my workout, or I'm not going to work out as hard, or I'm going to sit and watch Netflix for two hours and binge a TV series or something, I know that as soon as I'm done, I'm going to feel worse than if I had just done the initial thing. Where do you get this kind of discipline from? It didn't. Most people are not this disciplined. Okay, it came over time, because I made mistakes. I make the wrong decisions sometimes. I'm not perfect. I'm not claiming to be perfect. I make wrong decisions. Do you just learn from your bad yeah. decisions, and that's how you develop the discipline? I mean, yeah, well, that and... It's really easy to learn from your own decisions, but I say it's your own uh, bad choices. Yeah. Because you know you feel the heat once you make a bad decision. Sure. But it's I've tried to learn from other people as well. So when they make a bad decision, I learned that okay maybe I shouldn't do that. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't follow them. Right. Or you know I also one of the things I love to do, and I think you've seen is I love to talk to other people and learn about their lives. It's true. So you're constantly chatting to new people. Honestly, and. And by learning from them, I can, from their experiences, I can avoid or make better decisions in my own. So. Cool. So, I want to know now, seeing as though you've tried mindfulness meditation, you're like, alright, cool, yeah, not for me, bye. Um, what do you think is the biggest area that you and I disagree on when it comes to mindfulness? Okay, I think that the biggest area you and I disagree is that, I think you, you, you would say that if I, if you had to experience a day, in my life as you as me <laughs> as me like i would do everything the same you would you would say that i'm not being mindful but i would claim that i'm 100 percent mindful throughout that day say some more 100 percent mindful yes. in your in your goings on in the activities yes. what does that actually look like as you're doing it uh, as you're doing these activities in what sense would you how, how would you dis- define that mindfulness okay so like for instance when i wake up i don't have three things to do as soon as i get up i get up uh, what is it? I go to the bathroom. That doesn't count. I weigh myself, and then I brush my teeth right after. And then I go and make breakfast. I make the same breakfast every morning. I've eaten that breakfast like two years. What now. is it? I'm just curious. Uh, three eggs and uh, like a whole wheat wrap and a little piece of cheese. Got it. Mm-hmm. A very nice breakfast. It tastes great. Cool. I promise. It's very good for you as well. And so, as soon as I get up, also this is in the absence of any sort of social media like phone or anything. So I'm not. I'm not a type of. Per- I am always on my phone, but I'm never like on social media or those kind of sites because those things are just complete detractors to mm-hmm. your life, in my opinion. And they can be very useful, as in the case of this podcast, but not for me. Sure. In at this point in time, but um, in that in that point in time, in the morning, I'll have made breakfast. At the same time, I'll be writing up my daily list of like things that I need to do, or I'll be looking at the one I've written from the night before. Because sometimes I either do it in the night or do it in the morning. Depends. On what the, on what my schedule looks like, and I'm doing like three or four things at once. You would say, I'd argue that you would say that type of that type of methodology. I'm not being mindful because I'm not focused on one thing. Uh, things I tend to stop one thing and start another and come back to it. You know, it looks very scatterbrained to someone on the outside, but to me, I know that I've done everything that I need to do in the order in, that in I the, needed to. In order that was best the time the even most if, efficient the most efficient order especially even if that meant leaving something on the stove while the stove is on right but i know in the back of my mind okay the eggs take this amount of time to cook perfect if i leave it for 30 seconds the house isn't going to burn down they're <laughs> still going to come out the way i want them cool 
Whereas somebody else might say, okay, no, I have to stay and stand beside the eggs. Right, okay. But that's just a very, that's a very simple example. It is. You're so, optimizing mm-hmm. for peak performance yeah. to maximize your time. I think that's perfect. Um, I would say that. I, I wouldn't disagree with you on that. Um, because I feel like I do the same thing. I'm also like trying to like accomplish as many tasks within like the this fixed amount of time as possible. And I kind of get upset at myself if I do something in an inefficient way mm-hmm. or if something else happens to throw off my rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we would agree on that. Okay. Well, then perhaps let me first say, I think that in general, most people can do a lot more than, than they're currently doing. I think that mindfulness, a lot of people can use mindfulness as a form of cope. Is as a form sense? of what? Cope. You know what cope is? No. Cope as in like... Like coping mechanism? Yeah, it's like a coping mechanism. So yeah. you say like, okay, um, you know, money doesn't make you happy. That's a cope that people who are broke use to say, oh, it's okay when they see somebody who has money. Yeah. yeah. It's a coping mechanism. Same thing. So in this case, it's that somebody who... Not necessarily you, because I don't want to so offend man, you. Shoot all the shots you want to <laughs> fire on me right Not now. necessarily you. <laughs> I say that somebody who focuses on mindfulness, I'd argue that I could outcompete them. If you and I were to start a business at the same time, and you were to focus on this methodology, and I were to use my methodology, nine times out of ten, I'd argue that I would have outcompeted you out of the market. Mm. And at the end of the day, yes, there's a time for rest. Yes, there's a time for you know relaxation. There's a time to be present. But at the end of the day, so you you gotta get certain things done. And if you want to win, it's only one way. We should start this competition because you are definitely a jack of all trades mindset. And I, I feel like right now I'm trying to see like okay, what are the few things that I can do and get really good at. Um, I would be into, let's, let's start this competition not which one except I'm not as business savvy as you Mr. Multi-Business Owner so maybe yeah, okay so I'll, I'll, um, I'll even put it one of my businesses supplements yeah alright I big up Sam Rock supplements Sam Rock every supplements, time yeah. yeah thank you thank purchase you so right now online so <laughs> uh, uh, link in bio <laughs> uh, so one of my businesses supplements there's a lot of copycats doing supplements right now it's actually a lot of people have bought followers on Instagram and they um and they They've had. They're trying to retail supplements using using the same business model that I used started last year using Instagram, using social media primarily, sure. using Instagram ads, using uh, without using a retail store because I don't have a retail store. So what I what I did is I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to go to every single gym in Kingston. And I'm going to offer them my services, cool. and I'm going to make sure that if a bottle of protein is sold in Kingston, it's going to be through me. People I'm not there us. yet, but I've noticed that a lot of these copycats they aren't around anymore mm-hmm. after three four months they're not there because they, they they could only do so much meanwhile I said okay look I'm not gonna let you I'm not gonna let you in this market this mm-hmm. is my thing okay you know, you're not gonna beat me at my game so what you're saying is you're performing at a high level mm-hmm. and consistently yes so you're you're consistent there's no performing. break there's no breaks on this train right so where I, I think this going back to where I think we disagree the most is I would say that it is important to be a high-performing, consistent individual if you want to achieve results. I would agree on that. But I think the part we disagree on is that the the style of mindfulness that I'm personally subscribing to is one where in the midst of my peak performance, I'm taking just a little bit of time um, in the mornings or in where, whenever I, I can um, to, to come back to the consistent practice of mindfulness meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, not because like stepping aside uh, for 10 minutes right now is gonna enhance like 
my day well it does but that's not the reason it's because the effects of that compounded daily and weekly and monthly and yearly re, they it's re, rewiring the way that my brain um, perceives the world and processes information when it comes to peak performance so now when I'm in a position where I'm challenged to be performing um, at a high level continually I feel as though I'm less frazzled than I used to be um, and I'm more in control um, and uh, it, it's it, mindfulness does have that that influence and so I'd say that's one way that we disagree and that is that I would subscribe to like smaller breaks but the second area I think which is interesting is that I don't think mindfulness meditation needs to be a means to an end I think it can just be something that yeah. something that you do just it, you ever heard like we, you know we're human beings not human doings and so I think my value system might be slightly different in terms of valuing productivity as highly I think I value some uh, sometimes just chilling I think I value chilling <laughs> okay so I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I don't I've kind of moved away from that when I when I I'd argue that for me something like to go and sit and eat dinner with somebody who I can't have a meaningful conversation with that's gonna enhance me in some way is literally is a waste of time it's a waste of time is a waste of time yeah so that to idea have a of meaningful conversation and you know with somebody you do care about mm-hmm. and you're just enjoying your time with them mm-hmm. that to me is enriching okay but here's the thing like, I don't typically associate with people who can't enhance me good so if I uh, if I were to go and sit down and say have a drink with somebody say I were to have a drink with you I wouldn't see that as chill because when, mm. I, when I talk to you I learn a lot um, and we usually think of some crazy business idea yeah right some something <laughs> happens, you know. It's not a conversation about nothing. Something has changed from when I have walked in and yeah. sat with. Them. Well, thank you. That's a big compliment. I agree. Yeah, like I definitely want to be using that time wisely. Um, and what I what I appreciate too is that when I'm actually having these conversations, I feel more like I'm actually having this conversation and can actually remember the details of it, and I can actually like enjoy it, like the laughter in between when. You like say some foolishness and I can laugh at you um, than if I was in a state of like constantly go 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 and while I'm having our conversation I'm thinking about like oh crap I have to do this next and I need to do that for tomorrow but uh, I think you're misunderstanding something when I even though I'm in this state of like constantly okay I'm in a rush I need to get this done uh, let's go 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 when I'm doing something I'm 100% focused yeah so I have to if I want if peak performance is not doing everything as quickly as possible or doing everything, or my idea of peak performance rather, is not doing everything as quickly. It's as not possible. rushing. It's not rushing. Sometimes you have to rush. Sometimes you don't have a choice. Sometimes you have to just some getting something done sixty percent is is better than getting something done zero percent. But it would be better if you could get it done hundred percent, almost always. But sometimes you that's just not. You see, this is one of the one of the fun parts about filming outside is the bikes. Yeah. Welcome bikes. Yeah. Notice the bikes. Brain move back to the conversation. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sometimes, sometimes it's just not possible. Sometimes you just have to get something done. You know, like when you have an assignment due, you know, it's better to submit a sixty percent assignment with sixty percent and assignment with zero. Got it. But it really would have been better if you had started a week ago and done it properly and gotten your hundred percent. You're talking from experience right now, Mr. Yes, Engineering of School. Uh-huh. Of course. Sometimes <laughs> you know you got three assignments due. This has actually happened before. You have three assignments due. You have your group project due all at the same time, and it's better to submit something than nothing, right? Sure. <laughs> okay. We've all been there. 
we all of it, all of us have been there at some point. If you've gone to school, you're lying. <laughs> if you haven't done that, you're lying. Yeah. Okay. So when I'm here and I'm talking, I'm talking to you. I'm trying to learn, trying to trying to glean as much as I can from this conversation. Yeah. I'm trying to to get extract as much out of it and give as much as I can at the same time. So it's not that I've come here and I want to have a rushed conversation with you. I don't want to just write, check you off as a task. Right? My idea is that I get as much as possible from this, and then I can move on to the next thing and do the same thing. No, no break in between. Yeah. So as soon as I leave here, I have to go home and do some schoolwork. So as soon as I, the only thing, the only difference is I have to drive, to drive home. As soon as I sit down, I'm not, I'm not even gonna sit down. I'm gonna say hello to my family and that's it. I'm just gonna sit at my desk and do my schoolwork. That's it. Oh, no break in between. All right. And then after that, I'm gonna go straight to bed. There doesn't need to be that sort of in between, you know, kind of uh, what's going on right now. You know, how do I feel? How I feel has no bearing on what I do. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, because I learned that if I give in to my sort of my whims and my flights of fancy, very little gets done. Mm. <laughs> and all honesty, because I can sit and just do nothing for hours if I want. Yeah. But I would feel god awful afterwards. Gotcha. Which is really impressive, I must say. Like it, what you're describing is not easy to do. So if nobody has actually said like, "You're doing great, Samir," <laughs> like you're doing great, <laughs> because what you've described is like not only a high level of peak performance, but just like self discipline, which I think is hard, hard to come by. Um, so kudos to you for that. But not everyone, I think, is on your on your level. But what I can say is that this discipline it didn't. It didn't just show up magically. It took me years of experimenting, thinking of different ways to do things. It took me at least three to four years to develop a way in which I feel comfortable. And just keep in mind, I'm still stressed all the time. But the problem is, I've learned to love the stress. So if I'm not stressed, I feel weird. If that makes sense. Okay. If I don't have three big tasks looming over me, or something important that needs to be done today or tomorrow, then really, I don't feel right. Like it's like I'm just intense. wired differently if that makes sense yeah you you are wired differently and this is the this is the I reality feel, of how we live right now yeah. most people would relate to that i think but i feel like that's a shame personally because like i don't want to be stressed all the time like i want to get shit done i mean oops i want to get stuff done <laughs> um but like i want to enjoy myself mm-hmm. as well like while i'm getting stuff done so but anyway i'd also like to add i i i i, I love my life as much as I say it's stressful, as much as I say it's constant action, you know, it's always you're always on whatever. I do genuinely, for the most part, I enjoy almost every aspect of my life. I'm not a sad person. I, I used to be when I was more slow. I put it that way. Yeah. I used to be a little bit more, you know, kind of mopey. You know, I was kind of like, oh, I wish I was this. I wish I was that. But instead of doing that, I decided, you know, if I want these things, all I have to do is work towards this them. action. Let's do some more action. Yeah. The more action there is, the faster I'm going. Mm. The sooner I'll get there. That kind of ties back into my rhythmic, rhythmic analogy, which is what you're... If I were to describe your life as a song, I would describe it as like a very um, high tempo, a lot of instruments going on at one time. Um, I said high tempo already. I would say loud um, with many different sections like not just a verse one on verse two um but uh, but also like with um like a significant like break at the end of it which oh actually that song that you that you sent me that time what is it again the weekend yeah faith, faith by, the weekend. by the weekend yeah 
the song of the week, and it's kind of early for this segment, but the song of the week is Faith by the Weekend because it's exactly that. It's just a high-intensity song that um, is, like, really upbeat, really loud, and, like, a lot's going on, wall of sound. And then at, like, the three-minute mark, it just cuts, and then it's just, like, silence almost, ambient noise, and, like, you're just floating. And that's how I think I would describe you in a song. And that's fine. It's great that these songs exist. Um, as a matter of fact, the more diverse the, li- the musical library, the better. Which is why I'm welcoming these kinds of conversations. But I think my song is different than yours. <laughs> Let's be clear. Um, what's your favorite kind of music? This is my last question okay, for you. What do you like to listen to? Well, Faith by the Weekend is one of my favorite songs. Oh, there, there you go. So <laughs> that's why I share it with you. And it's just, I love high tempo stuff. I love that um, checks out. High <laughs> tempo, lots of you know heavy beats, rhythm, that kind of thing. It's just that it kind of. Feel, although recently I have stopped listening to music while I drive, I still listen to music while I train. But I started listening to podcasts while I drive, just so I can, you know, I can use that downtime on something productive. Yeah. Um, but I love high tempo stuff. Faith by the weekend, like I said. Uh, let me see another one. Uh, False alarm by the weekend. Let's see what else. I know you listen to a lot of rap I music do, too. Okay, so. You don't have to name names right now, but do you ever listen to music just for the sake of like, you know, I'm just going to chill. I'm just going to rock back and listen to a, like a banger. Yeah, in my downtime. That is actually the type of music I would listen to. Do you use music to de-stress and relax at all? Like, let's say you're on vacation? Not intentionally. Okay. But but do you it, use music as like uh, to enhance your performance? Yes. Mm, there we go. I would di- I would disagree with anybody who says that music can enhance you while you're doing, or you while you have very uh, purposeful tasks to do. I'd say that if you're like writing a big essay or you're working on something that was actually important, that requires brain power in yeah. a sense. That is, that's a broad range of tasks, but that requires you to actually think. Music is not really going to enhance that. Uh, I remember I used to listen to those uh, alpha brain waves things when I was in high school, and uh, kind of worked. I don't know, I've but uh, you know, but I'd say that it's better to focus 100% on something because if your brain is focused on lyrics or yeah. or just you know trying you. to think about instruments or chords you. or any I'm kind of rhythm the same. I agree. while you're while you need to focus if you're doing you know is. if you're doing superficial tasks by all means listen to music if I'm in a gym but if yeah. you need to think silence yeah, if silence I'm in the gym, is, is king no lyrics like we gotta just yeah. if I put on something rhythmic maybe hello bikes welcome again yeah if I'm doing something that requires like a state of flow, I will use music to spur me into a state of like rhythm, um, which might speed me up. But if there's lyrics and like too, if the chord progressions are too interesting, I'm gonna I'm gonna get distracted and focus on that mm-hmm. than the actual task I have. He's a he's a musical genius. I swear. All right, <laughs> all right, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, yeah, cool. All right, well, I feel like I've I've for all of the X Men fans out there, I feel like I've had a stimulating conversation with like the magneto to my Charles Xavier you know what I'm saying like we agree on so many things but I think we also have uh, you know a couple ways that we see the world differently and our, our own musical songs uh, our musical lives are different and I think that's very interesting so I've really liked the kind of like conversation that we've had here so thanks for being here I'm really glad to, to like have you on this show I enjoyed all the puns yeah, so, it's very good to be here man. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Anything else you want to say to the people watching and listening? Where can we find you? Okay, so you can find me on Instagram, Samir Miraj. Uh, that's my, just my public profile. How do you profile. spell that? Uh, S-A-M-E-E-R-M-A-R-A-G-H. Yeah. Uh, you can also find me, one of my, um, my supplement company at Samrock Supplements. 
if you need any supplements you know for your gym or for personal use or you have run a health store or anything like that you can contact me my contact info is on there yeah I'm uh, a salesman too, so if you can't reach somewhere, you can hit me up. Oh yeah, uh, Brian's uh, joined our affiliate program. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yo. Yeah, Samir, big up yourself. I'm so glad that we have to, we got to do this. Thank and you very much. oh yeah, you're a handshake kind of a guy. Wow, that's it's solid handshake. It's mandatory in my line of work, you know. <laughs> it's true, closing deals, and all that jazz. Yeah. All right, Samir, good talk. Yeah, guys, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Samir, for being here too. Connect with me on the socials as well at Be Here Podcast, at Brian Roy's Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, The Works. I'm posting a lot of stuff and releasing some of my own music in the coming year. So stay tuned for that. If you found this kind of conversation valuable or interesting, I'd love it if you could share this episode and podcast with a friend, a family member, somebody else you think might also find this conversation interesting and valuable. Like, I'm here for the genuine connections and to have more conversations like this. Yeah, we mentioned the song of the week earlier. It is Faith by The Weeknd. Go check it out because of how it's just like high intensity and then all of a sudden just like drops out, which is very much what we're talking about in terms of always being on and then just like locking off and what that feels like and how music actually reflects that. So remember to be mindful of where your attention's at. Remember, make it good, make it groovy, and catch you next time on the Be Her Podcast.